Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. So um, I started doTERRA as a customer four and a half years ago, mm. and it was suggested to me by my best friend who I knew and trusted and actually looked up to because I admired her because she was the valedictorian of her class at Huntington's University as a mental health therapist, mm. master's degree. Um, she graduated with 3.98. So when she told me to do something, I at least considered it. And um, I was using cheap essential oils like most people at your mm. local stores. I had a little bit more understanding of purity when I would, you know, I would shop at Whole Foods um, and look for like the USDA approved organic seal, which I later realized didn't mean much. Mm. Um, so I investigated a lot before I actually um, decided to execute getting an account with the company doTERRA. But um, Marlene is the one who introduced it to me. And I was a customer for over a year, loyally, mm. before I ever decided to... Um, work it into my life as a career. And so my title with the company is um, I'm a wellness advocate, independent contractor. Mm. Well, you know, that sounds like it's a booming business because, I mean, if you're doing that well, it. Well, I, I think it's trending. It's it's something that's been changing over the last five, ten years where people are, are starting to become aware of what they need to do to help themselves be healthy because you can't just rely on the pharmaceutical companies to make you well. And you can't count on the medical establishment as it stands to make you well, because it's now a profit and less of a institution for healing. So it sounds like you're, you know, there's a growing trend there in, in what you do as well. Yeah. And not to get into to, to do too deep into corruption or whatnot, yeah. but there are industries with, um, you know, an agenda to keep people in a suboptimal state of health and yeah. spirituality. Um, there's a health makes a lot of sense, but it does make a lot of money, as you sort of mentioned, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, like what I'm doing as a business, clearly, we live in a monetary system. Yeah. My intent is also to generate financial abundance, but from the standpoint and perspective of helping people rather than hurting them. Mm. And um, that's what you and I like to talk a lot about because I feel like everyone's worthy. Of abundance in all its facets, mm -hmm. including financial. Um, but it's a beautiful thing when you can have an occupation generate wealth while at the same time helping others. So, yeah, um, yeah and, and and I'm very blessed because um, the industry that I'm in is is growing exponentially because uh, the holistic um, field uh, people are aligning now more than ever. Um, as for over a hundred years, uh, you know, it's taken us some time as a society to recognize that what they've been utilizing in terms of synthetics and, and uh, poisons uh, to heal the body, or mm. let's just say, you know, suppress symptoms, because that's what really what they're designed to do. Yeah. Um, they're not working for a lot of people, and people are not just walking, but running to alternatives. Yeah. So with holistic, uh, what's really great, and with what I do is, you know, even during a recession and what's happening right now with the economy, um, people will stop buying things like um, materialistic stuff, you know, like luxury stuff, um, but they don't stop buying necessities yeah. like food, water, natural medicines, cleaning supplies, personal care products, most of which is what we provide. Yeah. Well, I think it's important, you know, with everything that's going on right now, and it's not like we're telling people don't go to the hospital if you're sick, don't go to a doctor right. if you need to have a heal, you know, a, bone, a broken bone fixed. But 
you know, the system is set up to make money, not to improve people's lives. Now, that's a byproduct of the making the money making um, part of it. But at the same time, there's a lot of things we can do and that we can take responsibility for as individuals to help ourselves really improve our quality of life so that we don't need to depend on you know, the doctor should going to a hospital and, and an emergency room should be the last resort because most of us don't even understand basic first aid or things that can essentially help us just make our lives better and make us healthier. And especially right now, immune system and having a high, higher immune system is going to be so essential for a lot of people. And so what you've been telling me, because we've been talking about this for several days now, where this is really something that can help to improve people's health and to increase their immunity to issues. Even if it's not just this, but going forward, there are going to be other illnesses, other things that people are not even aware that they're exposing themselves of uh, um, to. And so I think this would help them tremendously with that. Right. Well, you know, I, I teach classes around the country. Right now I have 700 clients in nine countries. And um, when I when I do teach a class, I am FDA compliant and I make sure not to give people information that's going to lead them, um, you know, in any direction other than, you know, thriving with their health. Mm -hmm. And I understand and recognize that there is a purpose for uh, conventional uh, medicine. So, you know what I mean? I'm not going to tell someone who's diabetic to get off their insulin shots. And if I do a car accident and I break a bunch of bones, send me to the ER, you know? So, right. So Mm -hmm. I, I totally understand that there's a purpose for, unfortunately, most people are, totally unaware. Yeah. Um, I say most people, cause that's in my experience are totally unaware of detox, nutrition, natural medicine, and stress management and how most illnesses are preventable and healable through those means. Um, you know, so mm. yeah. And that being said, even with the current events and what we're experiencing right now with this whole situation, uh, one thing we can all agree upon is that a healthy immune system that's not compromised is imperative, yeah. uh, which is what we focus on. So yes. Yeah. I, I think that um, a lot of people, I find myself in that bracket of people who are completely ignorant of that level of need to knows that we don't really have that, you know, you have to go looking for this shit. You know, if it's not there on the label, people don't really read or go looking for their answers. They just, they're going to take it off of the branding or off of the way something's being promoted. And I find myself one of those people. I, when I go to the store, I'm not going to just see a product and say, Oh my God, this looks incredible. Let me take five minutes while I'm in the grocery aisle. And let me look it up and see what's going on here. I don't do that with everything. Now I may do that with a couple of things, but I really just, it looks good. It looks like it meets all of my requirements. I'm going to take it off and buy it. And that's branding. That's marketing. That's strategy. But a lot of the things that are being branded and marketed as healthy um, alternatives or healthy forms of healing and wellness are actually not um, or nowhere near the kind of quality level that comes along with certain products like the company or like the brand that you um, that you have. Right. And in fact, that's one thing I didn't mention earlier is that my associate's degree is graphic design. My bachelor's is marketing and advertising. Mm. And then I, I, I hooked that all in and integrate it with um, my health coach certification. So, um, but I was trained in, in my education's primarily in marketing and advertising. And so I understand how these companies work and it's something called greenwashing. Mm. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of brands that are marketed and appear like they're natural. And the average consumer, you know, I don't wanna say that they're not educated, but um, they don't probably don't have the time to really, like you said, 
to investigate these companies, find out where it's coming from, if it's a corrupt company, if their ingredients are contaminated. Um, and there's not a lot of transparency from any, from the companies. And then we have the Department of Agriculture, which is a government agency, mm. not really doing its job to mm. regulate, and the FDA, and mm. we know what that's all about. So without having to go into all of that, um, absolutely. Um, what I love is that we have a community, um, primarily through social media, but also people who are located uh, within my region. Um, and we learn together, and I provide this information along with the health professionals that I work with, um, little tricks that people can utilize when they go shopping so they don't feel like they're completely, um, you know, you know, dumbfounded or, you know, having a tough time navigating the store, finding out what's good and then just buying stuff because they don't know better. So we, there's like certain apps that you can use, uh, like think dirty is a good one. Mm -hmm. The EWG environmental working group called, um, healthy living. That's another one. It's a phone app. And you can scan items at the store. Mm. These are little tips that we provide for our uh, our tribe. I like to call mm. them um, of like 700 and more. We actually have thousands of people um, on our social media groups. So we post this stuff and we educate people about these things. Mm. So I go to a store because I mean I purchase my products the way traditional or, or most people purchase their products. I go on Amazon. I type in you know. Uh, lavender essential oil and the, there's a product that comes up it's got the highest reviews it's got the highest ratings so i'm like mm, this looks like this is probably going to be the thing i want to get it probably costs less than 10 bucks and so i will go ahead you know buy and have it shipped within two days now that product is at, from what we're talking about is a flawed product I don't know this. I have no idea about this. Now, what makes like the Terra's? What makes the Terra's stuff different? Like, what makes it stand out? And where's the? Where, how is that backed up? Sure, and that's a really great question. Um, I was like the average person five years ago. Even I mm. thought I knew everything about health and my um, arrogance. And I really just—it's you know, like you and I have talked about mm. before. Um, it's an amazing thing to be in humble to be in a humble state to recognize how much you don't know and how much you're learning. Yeah. Um, essential oils, like I really didn't know a lot about them. I was very interested in detox and nutrition and things like that. But um, you know, like I said before, I was purchasing essential oils just like anyone else, like most people at the local department store. Now, if you were to hold up an oil, right? You hold up an oil. Mm -hmm. You go to the store, you go to Target, Bed Bath & Beyond, maybe you're a little bit more educated, you go to Whole Foods, which has better brands, but still, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. So you hold up an oil. How do you know that that oil doesn't, one, have contamination, adulteration, you know, um, and then two, if they're not, if they're even chemically effective, because if they're not even chemically effective, then you're wasting your money anyway, yeah. right? People go, like sometimes people go because they just know about the health benefits of like, oh, topical use, or maybe they're just trying to make their home smell pretty because they think it's only for perfumes. Um, but then you look into the science and you look at all these remarkable things that these things are, that these oils, these beautiful oils are proven to do mm. by science, which this is not like woo-woo, uh, hocus-pocus stuff. This is actually documented on PubMed. Peppermint by itself is referenced over a thousand times. Mm. So... Anyone who's a science person like myself, you would really appreciate going to PubMed and looking up these oils and what they can do. Um, the problem is when you pick up that oil, there's not a lot of transparency from the companies. Um, and these are things that people need to look for that I didn't know to look for before. Mm. Um, one, uh, our, our company, 
we every single leader undergoes multiple third-party testing okay mm. and that's really important because third-party testing if it's not third-party tested from a non-affiliate laboratory mm -hmm. then there's a lot of uh conflict of interest and fishy stuff going on we, right. we see that happening with the pharmaceutical industry quite often right yeah so they actually does it make any sense for the the manufacturers of a drug to pay for the research funding to see if it's safe that's if they're trying desperately to get this uh packaged and shelved there's going to be some conflict of interest going on there. Unfortunately, a lot of people are going to experience, you know, the side effects mm. from that. But um, in, the, in the essential oils industry, it's really not that different. It's, it's not a highly regulated industry, which is why it's important for the company as an individual to take responsibility and be totally transparent. And that's what we do. Um, we're also the only essential oils company in the world to publish our papers mm. and that's total transparency in the, among the science community to review and the public okay so this is public information that people can go see um i actually have posted on our if anyone's interested if they're on facebook i have a, uh, a facebook group called holistic healing and on that group we post the public third-party testings for essential oils and you will be shocked and probably you will have some of these oils in your home yeah. um have failed uh, several testings, meaning that there's adulterations of heavy metals, mm. pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. 95% of the oils on the U.S. market are adulterated and contaminated. 80% of them are synthetic perfume, mm. which we know causes all kinds of things, including autoimmune diseases, allergies, things like that. So those are just two um, things that doTERRA does that makes them different from other companies. Um, but you can actually go on the back of a bottle, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a code. And because people are like, I don't know about these science papers, published papers. You know, I'm yeah, like, what is that? that? I'm not going to read that. People don't like to read these days. Well, they have to right. now with, with the, the lockdown, but. Make it easy, right? Right. So um, my my good friend, um, Dan Lynn, I went to college with her. We both graduated. She went back to school and became a, a chemical engineer. And um, I asked her one day, I said, I'm curious, why did you come to me? Because I didn't go to her. I'm yeah. like, and, and decide to get a doTERRA account with me. And she's like, well, I'm a chemical engineer, and doTERRA is the only company, essential oil company in the world that publishes their papers that I can actually take the code mm. that's on the back of these bottles, put it in to the computer, and she can review all of the scientific research on that to make sure that, one, it's pure, and two, that it's chemically effective so it's medicinal and it's mm. going to actually work. So that's, that is tremendous. And if, do, if people can't appreciate doTERRA, in and of itself, then they should appreciate the fact that doTERRA has really upped the game and increased the standards across the board that these other companies are now starting to become a lot more yeah. you know, concerned as to whether you know people are looking at these things. And mm. that's important because they've been bamboozling people for a long time. Mm. So I've never really considered essential oils as a medicine because that didn't know enough about it. The the furthest I've ever used essential oils for was back when I used to do like in-person sessions. I used to have um, lavender, which now obviously seems like it's perfume, but lavender, um, like, you know, going off in the background because I wanted my clients to come in and start to become comfortable and to be less stressed and less anxious because going into a reading is a really stressful thing for people. So I want to kind of bring them down. Let's get it to a level where we're going to work well with each other. But I would always sometimes take a little bit of essential oil and I would you know, do this within my hand because I felt like it helped me to calm down. I'm pretty sure the scent in itself is something very beneficial, even if it is a perfume, but 
at the same time, like I've never really thought of essential oils as a, in a medicinal way, more of a mood enhancer or a mood changer. But as far as like, you know, I'm going to put it in a bottle and give it to someone if they're suffering from a certain illness or whatever, I've never thought of it in that way. How, how can you use essential oil in that way? Or what types of situations or, or circumstances have people actually applied the use of essential oils for medicinal purposes? Right. So I think a big, um, a big game changer for people is that even people, and I'm sure you recognize this too, who claim to live like a natural lifestyle or whatever. Mm. I just know because I've had hundreds of clients in the last like, you know, 10 years or so where I go to their home and these are people who claim to be like, you know, living healthy lifestyle. Meanwhile, they have Glades plugins, Brock bleach, Windex, Lysol right. everywhere. Mm -hmm. So That's we don't really thing. think sometimes we eat organic and then we have an autoimmune disease or something which could be caused by our cleaning products. So the reason why I bring that up is that there's three reasons why people get ill. Okay, I'm going to try to keep this simple. Is that there's toxic overload, malnutrition, and heightened emotional stress. As convoluted as the medical industry would have you believe, so you run to the experts every time because mm -hmm. you don't know enough or whatever, really you can empower yourself at home just by caring for those three simple mm -hmm. uh, in, uh, considerations So or factors. So um, with essential oils, they really um, simulate with all of them. Uh, the toxic overload that we're typically exposed to, 90% of it is uh, voluntary. Because uh, people are like, well, I can't help there's pollution out there. I understand that. I, went out, I was on the highway today and I probably breathed in car exhaust. But um, but 90% of it is voluntary. That's your cleaning products, your personal care products, and your synthetic drugs. Um, when I teach a class, I make it very clear. We have over 100 different essential oils. They all do amazing things. But I'm not going to overwhelm you today by talking about all of them because then you'll never start. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, there's just too much. I'm so confused. I have a headache. So I say we talk about 10 basic oils in this class that were designed by the company to replace your medicine cabinet. Mm -hmm. So everything you would typically run to Walgreens or CVS for that long wall of synthetic poisons, which are not designed to heal the body. They're designed to suppress symptoms, which is actually your body trying to heal. Think about that. Mm. You don't want to stop the healing process, right? But that's what they do. Um, and that, that's what turns into chronic illness later when we run to the drugs. Um, so with the essential oils, they alleviate those symptoms without su suppressing your body's ability to heal itself. Okay, so the, the homeostasis mechanism is still in process while you use a peppermint to alleviate a minor headache, or you use On Guard because you have a sore throat, or you use Digestin because you have acid reflux, mm -hmm. you know, or these kinds of things. And I want to be careful with like disease names and stuff that I use. I'll say it's like stomach discomfort. Uh, that's probably better. Um, but yeah, so you get you get the point. And then on a molecular and a cellular level, uh, they do amazing things too to help kickstart the immune system. And I would encourage people, since I, I am sort of limited with what I can say, is to do the research. Mm -hmm. You know, and hopefully I provoke thought today that you can actually go and look up on PubMed and see what these beautiful essential oils do. Um, one thing that's another thing that separates us is that we actually have a food grade FDA approved uh, supplement label on the back of most of our oils. You can take them internally, that they are that pure that you can eat them. Hmm. So you can't do that with, because I've wondered about that and I haven't done the research, but like with the essential oils that I have, you know, I have lavender and rosemary cause I use them. And, um, I won't, I've wondered, I wonder if I can eat this or take this internally. Um, and you're saying probably not. Uh, well, no, 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 you don't the want other to take brands, the, the other one. Yeah. The other brands, not doTERRA. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And, and, and hopefully you, you can remind me if I forget what you were just asking, but, um, 
Um, I will mention that, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people in our culture, especially in the United States, are still under the impression that um, you can't eat essential oils, which is understandable because since 95% of them are poisons, then you can eat them. Right. We're not used to real essential oils in this in this country. Mm. In France, they eat them all the time because huh. they have more quality oils. Yeah. yeah. So it's part of their culture to eat essential oils as natural medicines. But in the United States, it's very rare that we would find such an amazing oil um, only through doTERRA, which has only been around since for 11 years now. Hmm. Um, so with no, you do not want to eat essential oils from other companies for, you know, for, for definite, for sure. Um, and then most of those, uh, like, I'll just use an example. I, I'll pick on Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, but, you know, they came out with a line a few years ago. Um, as they see the essential oil industry is increasing. Booming, yeah. Um, yeah, it's booming, right? So um, so they're getting taken advantage of that. But you know, it says right on their oil that it's flammable, that uh, you don't eat it, but you can't even put it on your skin. That might be a red flag, yeah, right? Yeah, that is a red flag. <laughs> um, and then I have people come to me and say, well, I mean, I'm just going to use one of those cheap oils because you know I don't eat them anyway. So I'm just going to use them for to smell. You guys, you breathe in these oils and they go into your bloodstream anyway. Yeah. When you put it on your skin, everything you put on your skin, and I can tell you as someone who owned a skincare company for four years and spoke on independent radio against cosmetic regulatory failing for a long time, mm. everything you put on your skin, the body butters, the perfumes, the lotions, within 26 seconds will enter the blood, 60% of it will enter the bloodstream without being compromised or filtered out through your liver or kidneys. So you wanna make sure that the essential oils are food grade and that they are 100% pure, mm. no matter what. It doesn't matter if you're eating it or not. And if you don't feel comfortable eating them, you don't have to, no one's forcing you to eat them. But isn't it awesome that they're food grade, that they're that pure? So yeah. even when you breathe them in or, or put them on your skin that you can feel confident that they're pure. Did you did you have to go through a personal experience to understand like how the body reacts to toxicity or how the body starts to react to the environmental factors, even if you don't realize it in the moment? Yeah, actually. Um, and that's, I think that that's, you know, people expect people like me who are all into essential oils and natural health and to never get sick, yeah. you know what I mean? And, um, you know, you're, we're definitely less likely to get a debilitating or life-threatening illness um, because, you know, when you're, when you're properly, uh, you're eating proper nutrients, uh, you're getting, you know, omegas and, you know, going through detox and cleaning, uh, drinking clean, purified water, clearly you have a better chance uh, than people who are doing the opposite. However, um, there are some things, and I was telling you voluntary, right? Voluntary toxicity. Well, there's also involuntary. Um, I actually lived in an apartment complex, which I had no idea had mold in mm. Chinese drywall, and that was last year. Yeah. So when I experienced hives, and I couldn't get rid of them for five months, almost a half a year, I was like, really? I mean, I, I felt like, I don't know, you guys, it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, it's a feeling that I just have not experienced before where I'm just like doing everything I think I could possibly do and nothing's working. And then I finally realized it was mold because I started seeing mold on my leather and on my windowsill. Mm. And um, when they changed out the AC unit, my, my hives went away. Mm. So if, if I was, you know, juicing vegetables and eating right and taking essential oils and stuff, and that was helping to heal my body, but I was still breathing in every single day, especially as I slept, yeah. all that mold. It doesn't matter what good you do if you're exposed to this every single day. So I would say make sure that you consider your environment. If you're working in, a, in an office where people are spraying Lysol and perfumes and stuff, and then it's, you know, use your essential oils, use um, detox and nutrition and stuff um, to help mediate all of that in your body, but try to change your environment too. Mm -hmm.
So, I mean, right now you've got people like sanitizing the shit out of everything. We're trying to disinfect everything. And I am one of those. I mean, I have like essential, I have um, those products up the wazoo for months to come because again, I was like, I'm not taking chances with this shit. So obviously we're, we're not in a, there isn't enough of those products on the market for people to be able to just bounce and just completely depend on those right now. And this kind of environment where everybody is simply trying to get their hands on something that will disinfect or kill bacteria or viruses or whatnot. But as far as like using something like the Terra as a disinfectant or as a, as a cleanser, what would, how, how would that work? How does that process work? So with doTERRA lucky for us, I mean, they do have pre-made, uh, cleaning products oh. and personal products. Okay. Um, I'm more of a, I'm more of like a potion maker. I like to make my own things. I make my own hair gel, yeah. you know, I like yeah. toothpaste and mouthwash and all kinds of stuff. Um, and I do make a lot of my own cleaning products and I teach classes and so people can learn how to do that as well. Mm. Um, but natural cleaning is not only good for your health, but in many cases it can be cheaper. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's just, you, it's a win-win situation all the way around. Um, but with doTERRA, you can either make your own products, right? Mm -hmm. Like, which is just a few different ingredients. And we do have all those recipes. I just know there's probably gonna be a lot of people commenting or emailing you saying, Hey, what are those recipes? When people have, and I'll talk about this later, when you're on our support group on, on social media, you have access to all of our recipes and we have hundreds mm -hmm. uh, for food and for these clean, cleaning supplies and personal care products. Um, now on guard is, is in many of our, um, cleaning products and, and our toothpaste and our mouthwash. And for that, the reason being is because uh, our on guard blend was on PubMed, which is where scientific peer review papers and journals are collected from around the world. Mm. Um, our blend was on PubMed, uh, proven that it killed the influenza H1N1 virus. Um, and then there was an experiment that um, that compared Lysol, Clorox bleach, and the on guard essential oil. For those of you who don't know what on guard is, it's an essential oil blend that's specific for boosting the immune system. Okay, they did a, an experiment where they compared Lysol. Clorox bleach, very popular cleaning products, right? To OnGuard. And not only did they all killed the pathogens, right? Mm -hmm. But after a week, guess what happened? The pathogens came back for the Clorox and the Lysol, mm. but with the OnGuard, it did not in the Petri dish. And the reason for that is that the essential oils not only kill the pathogens, but they also keep them from replicating. So they stay uh, active pretty long. They do. And, and I will mention also, um, you guys, does it make any sense when we are when we are experiencing these types of illnesses, to um, to use cleaning products in our home that that ruin, if not destroy, the immune system, right. you really have to be a critical thinker and, and scratch your head a bit about these things. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Instead, you want to use products that not only uh, boost, not only uh, kill the germs, but also boost the immune system. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that makes sense. So you, you, know? so you don't want to damage your system while you're in the process of trying to protect it from damage from like exactly. a virus or a pathogen, which I can, right. I, I can understand personally because, you know, whenever we do our cleaning, like I go like bleach crazy in the bathroom, in the tub, and I'm like spraying that bleach like it's like it, like it's going out of style but you know after being in there for a minute or two you I, i've smelt enough of it that i start to get sick or feel ill and so yeah. i have to still go back in there and scrub the shit so i'm like oh my god you know and so i get what you're saying and most people like i i know a lot of people they don't spray into something they just and all of that is just kind of going everywhere and so every time you're spraying all of that it's essentially getting breathed in and starting to destroy the re the respiratory system right 
Um, yeah, among other things, because they're also hormone disruptors, and we know hormones oh. control everything. Um, that's, you'll that's, find that that's important. Let's go back to that for a second. Hormone disruptors. Because I, I talk to a lot of clients who have issues with their hormones. And usually, I just because I can only base on what I'm sensing, based on what I understand conceptually. So I by nature, assume it's an internal issue unless I feel like something externally is affecting the process, which does come up sometimes in the readings. But with with uh, hormone, just like, what do you mean by that? Can you go into that a little more detail? The synthetic chemicals, um, like, uh, for instance, parabens, mm. uh, they, well, there's certain, um, like, uh, chemical compounds inside of the cleaning products uh, that are hormone disruptors because they mimic, like, estrogen, for instance. Oh. So parabens, I think, would be one of them, um, which is a, a, a preservative found in a lot of uh, personal care products and skincare. Right. Um, and then they're also known to cause cancer. But, you know, the I actually have one of my close friends and my colleagues with doTERRA. Um, she, two of them, actually. Mm. Uh, they both had autoimmune diseases, but I'll stick with one. Um, she owned a cleaning product company or a cleaning, uh, a cleaning company and mm. used to clean houses for a living. Uh, she had like three autoimmune diseases that were excruciating pain. For a lot of people out there who experience autoimmune, you know that it is no cakewalk. You are definitely in a constant state of struggle uh, when it comes to pain. And uh, she went to all these uh, doctors, went to all these ERs, medical centers. They did tests like crazy, drained her insurance. Um, and then one day she decided to replace everything with doTERRA. Um, and you guys, it's not necessarily the oils that heal you. I would never use the word cure because I don't even believe in that. I believe the body heals itself. You just have to get the right fuel, right? Mm. But what happened is two things. First off, the essential oils help do help alleviate inflammation and help to heal the body on a cellular molecular level. But also when you're using the essential oils in place of the synthetic toxins that are making you sick to begin with, you eliminate all the toxins from your home. Mm. Well, then there you go. You just eliminated a lot of toxic overload of the body within a month. Her autoimmune diseases were gone wow. when she decided to eliminate and replace all of the uh, the synthetic toxins. So, you know, um, as, as far as hormones, um, uh, the essential oils are amazing in that regard, too, because that they also balance out the hormones. They don't decrease. They don't in increase. Um, instead, they balance the hormones. In fact, there's scientific studies for specifically for rosemary, thyme, and uh and it's thyme, rosemary, sage, mm. and um, sandalwood. And they all help to balance out the hormones. So, okay. Well, that's that's a game changer there just because I, I there's so many people, especially women, who have hormonal issues and challenges and they think it's a body issue or it's a, it's a gland issue or, or whatnot. But there's got to be a reason why in the last 50 years – cancer rates have skyrocketed because it sounds like we're poisoning ourselves and we're bringing ourselves more issues than we are clearing up or improving, you know, in the process of trying to create products that do this or do that. We're also basically poisoning ourselves in the process. Um, yeah. In fact, um, you know, the, about 130,000 new synthetic chemical compounds were invented and dispersed ever since the late 1920s, mm. post-World War One. So, um, you know, when these chemicals were dispersed that the body had never been introduced to before, um, a lot of illnesses were on the rise. Um, so all you have to do is, again, use your critical thinking, connect the dots, and that'll complete the puzzle for you. Now, a lot of people will also argue, and this is sort of a hallmark claim by the 
pharmaceutical industry or the medical industry in totality is that we're living a lot longer now than they did back then. Mm. So, you know, what is what is that about if all the chemicals are so bad? And um, that's a really narrow minded statement, because if you took a time machine back 400 years ago, um, you would see the Europeans were living to about 35, 40 years old and they were experiencing degenerative diseases such as loss of vision, mm. teeth, hair, things like that. But when they discovered the Native Americans, the Native Americans were doing quite fine. They lived over 90 years old mm. and they had all their hair, their teeth, you know, their vision at a very old age. So um, the Europeans were not healthy. They weren't experiencing toxic overload like we are now with the synthetic chemicals we've been experiencing. But um, they did not have a great diet. They were drinking a lot of alcohol. They cooked all their food. And you need to start, you really need to eat a lot of organic, raw, plant-based foods. And they weren't doing that. Um, they were eating a lot of grains, which raised the glycemic index and spikes insulin levels and sugar, like baked goods and stuff. And then they didn't have, when they did get diabetes, they didn't have insulin and, and the and that's where the synthetic drugs come into play, where they're useful, is that when you do end up experiencing debilitating illnesses, they, they will keep you from dying or at least maintaining the illness. But in many, in most cases, you can reverse it naturally. Uh, so you have that decision, you're at a crossroads, whether you want to you know, continue living a poor diet and lifestyle and taking the drugs, or whether you want to transform your lifestyle and diet and, and reverse what you're going through. Um, but uh, that being said, our bodies are not des our, our bodies are designed to uh, detox, mm. but not to the extent that we've been bombarded with these toxins. It's never been like this before. Yeah. So, the, if, yeah. so it sounds like the, the most efficient form of detox is to actually remove the toxins from your environment or your in interaction with those toxins instead of trying to go through, because you have all these people who are like into detox, detox diets and detox plans and detox, but you know, it, what's the point of taking a shower if you're just going to go and play in the mud right afterwards, you know? So it sounds like the best way to do is just to remove the crap that is actually causing the issues and not necessarily go and just keep living your life and then detoxing every few weeks or every few months. Right. And a lot of people may say, and this takes me back to what I said earlier, about 90% of it is voluntary. Mm -hmm. A lot of people may say, oh, I may as well live in a bubble. You know, why, why would I have to worry all the time? Well, I, I live a pretty good optimal lifestyle in terms of diet and health and, uh, and lifestyle. Um, I don't feel like I live in a bubble or this is like um, a difficult uh, way of life at all. I mm -hmm. feel like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm much happier than I was. I actually experienced when I was in my late teens and early 20s, severe anxiety and depression. And those neurological disorders can be linked back to a lot of different things that I mentioned earlier about toxicity and malnutrition and, and heightened emotional stress, sometimes PTSD that's unresolved. Mm. Um, but I have not experienced depression or anxiety personally in over 15 years ever since I cleaned up my, my act. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was drinking alcohol, smoking cigarettes, and eating ramen noodles for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that one out. Um, and I think in many cases, a lot of neurological illnesses, you know, people are told that it's a chemical imbalance and that you will have to be on drugs for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I am not telling anyone that 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 their personal individual experience with that is untrue. I would say just go to a holistic physician or psychiatrist and, and get it from, you know, uh, from that point of view that at least mm. considers integrative nutrition as opposed to just narrow minded right. drugs, you know, um, so you're not, does that, you're not telling people, you know, like my mother's a schizophrenic. She has to be on medication for the rest of her life. And when she's not on medication, it is so challenging and difficult for her to even just um, function, let alone for us to interact with her, engage with her. And I've seen her go through these periods where she wasn't on the medication and it was catastrophic. So it's not like we're telling people don't take your schizophrenia medication or don't take, you know, this or don't take that. If you need to be on these medications, by all means, follow your doctor's advice. But there's a 
there's a place for this integrative holistic approach as well. Right. And actually, I'm glad you brought up schizophrenia because in the, I think it was the early 1950s, um, the niacin was, um, was supplemented into the diet of uh, schizophrenics um, across the country in the psychiatric wards mm. um, in their bread. And um, uh, it was something like the, within a week, half of the uh, schizophrenic patients were allowed to go home. Wow. Um, and what they found is that they were just niacin deficient. So, you know, again, toxic overload, malnutrition, but there are some people who do have birth defects or chemical imbalances caused by birth defects. And sometimes that is also linked again to those three major components that I talked about, but while the, mo the mother is pregnant. Like a, a woman with a vitamin D deficiency while she's pregnant, her child is much more likely to have um, a malfunctioned pancreas with diabetes type one when they're born. Wow. So yeah, again, so it, it, it sometimes, I mean, oftentimes it does come back to those three major factors. And sometimes you have no choice in the matter because it was while, you know, you were in the womb. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a daunting task because I mean, I was telling you about, you know, we were talking a few days ago and I was telling you about the soaps that I use and all the stuff that I have. And you were like, okay, well tell what's, what do you use or what's it? And you were, you know, you were doing your research and you're like, okay. And so I've got like so much overstock of like just cleaning products and because I like to buy in bulk anyways, but like, for example, my, my clothing, uh, solution or my clothing detergent, um, I have several different varieties that I use and we usually base it around like, Oh, well, this one has better reviews for cleaning and product for cleaning your clothing and without damaging your clothing. And this one has better reviews for this or that. So as soon as I told you about the ones that I used, you were like, okay, that's the devil, you know, burn the bitch. Cause that's the devil. And you were like, throw that out, throw that out, throw that out. Now I'm like, okay, obviously I'm not going to throw out hundreds of dollars of products just because I'm going to switch over to an essential oil, um, or, <laughs> or switch over to something else. I'm going to use a product, but I want to transition it. And nonetheless, I want to get to a much healthier place in my life, not just you know, emotionally and physically, but also, you know, and spiritually, but also really just want to like to the cell level, I want to get to that point. And sometimes it's very practical changes. So for me, it's the, what makes sense is don't just throw it all away. Cause you know, you may not be able to afford that. So transition it out and transition in, um, a healthier, a healthier way of doing it. Um, and so you recommended the, what was it? The essentials, uh, kit. Is that the one that you were talking about earlier? Right. So there's a few different kits. There's actually like six or seven, probably mm -hmm. a little bit more. They just launched new ones. So forgive me for not knowing them all by heart yet. Um, it was like recently. Um, but there's the Healthy Essentials Kit, uh, which has 10 of some of the most popular oils, uh, which I'm happy to go through any of them or, you know, answer yeah. any questions regarding that. But they have an oil diffuser, which everyone should have at least one oil diffuser in every room. Um, you're going to replace your like Glades plugins and potpourri and things like that with uh, the diffusers, okay? So they're gonna disperse those those healthy chemical compounds. Remember, there's synthetic chemicals and then there's natural chemicals. Mm. And medicinal natural chemicals from the essential oils are good for you. So the diffusers are gonna disperse that to clean the air, to purify the air, and when they go into your body to help you on a cellular level and molecular level as well And uh, when it comes to healing. Um, so what I tell people is when they have uh, toxic cleaning supplies in their home, Yes, it depends on your budget. I'm not saying throw everything away at once, although that would be ideal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've had people send me photographs of, or they'll post it on, on social media. Oh, look at all the products I'm, 
I'm giving to my sister or something. And I'm like, wait a second. No, no, no. You said, I told you those are bad. Why would you give them to your sister? Right. <laughs> I said, throw them away. Um, so, and then they were, but what I love is that, that they inspire other people to do the same so that they will replace all of those things. So yes, you guys, it's, it's not that, you know, there is no shame here. Um, you know, now that we have had an aha moment, hopefully, um, you know, you'll start to slowly integrate and some people might do it all in one, right? But there are some people who do the baby steps, right? And they'll slowly integrate uh, more natural uh, methods into the home. Um, and that's a beautiful thing. So, yeah. So I was telling you about a personal issue that I have because I've had this crazy, just, just gross tail, uh, toenail fungus on my like pinky toe, on both pinky toes now because it started off in one pinky toe and then it went to the other one, but didn't really do anything with the other toes, which is weird. But it's been there forever. And I went to a, um, a doctor, I went to a dermatologist, I think. And he was like, we can put you on this medication, which there was two different ones that he recommended. I don't remember. I think it's like the Senapro or something. No, it's got a lesson of something, but, um, you're supposed to take it. But one of them is known to have serious like repercussions for your liver and can damage your liver. The other one, it doesn't have as much of an impact on the liver. It still affects it, but it's much more toned down. So it's supposed to like clear up fungus, I guess, any kind of fungal infection. So I took it and lo and behold, it, it cleared up fungus on my body or in places where I felt like this is a, I didn't know that was a fungus. I just thought that was dry skin, but it cleared up a lot of those issues, but I still have the goddamn toenail fungus. So it obviously didn't do what it was supposed to do, but it, you know, helps with other things. Now you made a, a recommendation about what product might be able to help with that. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um, right. So inside one of those kits, which would be, which would be the, um, Healthy Essentials, um, which is one of my favorites because yeah. it has uh, 15 milliliter, 250 drops per bottle, 10 of the most, some of the most popular oils that I personally use. Um, now, one of them is Maluka Tea Tree. So they're basically the same thing for anyone who uses one word other than the other. We used to use the word Maluka. Now we use Tea Tree. It just depends whether you live in Australia or in the United States, which word you typically mm -hmm. use more. Um, but tea tree oil is really good for um, helping to the body to get rid of infection. Now, our tea tree oil you can take internally. So if you have a sore throat, you can use it for that as well. Mm. Um, you can also use it topically for things like acne or like in your case, foot fungus, right? So um, I will mention, however, when someone's experiencing an infection top, uh, on the skin or like hives or psoriasis or those kinds of things, a lot of times that's, that's a symptom of something that's going on inside of the body. Mm. It could be liver. Um, it could be the gut. Um, so I would, I, I always tell people it's not always about using natural medicines. Um, I'm interested in really helping people to prevent and heal illness effectively. And I'm well aware that we need more than just essential oils to do that. And so I always talk about incorporating proper nutrition and detox and, uh, stress management and meditation and those kinds of things as well. I just want to mention that. So the tea tree oil, um, you can put onto the skin to topically help to eliminate the foot fungus while also incorporating it, um, uh, by consuming it. So your body, which is incomprehensibly intelligent, once the essential oil of tea tree oil or the other oils that you could use as well for a situation like that, once it goes through the gut and goes into the bloodstream, the cells already know what tea tree oils. That's how amazing your body is. Hmm. You're, you've, been, you've been evolving alongside these, well, your ancestors have been evolving alongside these plants for millions of years. Hmm. So your body already knows what oregano is. It already knows what lemon is and it knows what to do with it. So when those chemical compounds from the tea tree oil goes into the bloodstream after you eat it, um, 
your cells are going to take it to wherever that infection is because it knows that it's tea tree oil and that it gets rid of infection. Mm. And then it will go to the foot fungus or on, you know, if you got a pimple on your face or whatever and help to get rid of that. Yeah. So, I mean, most people think that when you are working with healing, that it's just a physical physical thing. You know, they're like, let me fix my body or let me fix my symptoms or whatever. But healing goes way past that. It goes into, you know, the, the energetic and the spiritual. Can you speak a little bit about that and what that's been like for you? Right. Well, the, I, I, I have to admit, admittedly, um, for many years, I was obsessed with the physical more, you know, and on my spiritual journey, um, I've definitely, um, you know, I've, I've been on a healing path that's evolved more into the spiritual and uh, emotional aspects of all of this. Uh, and without the tri the full triad of health, which is mental, physical, and spiritual, mm. you're going to struggle. So um, nothing should really be ignored. And I do see that happen often too, because people may, you know, pray or meditate or go to church or whatever. Uh, and then they'll eat McDonald's <laughs> afterward. Right. Uh, you know what which I mean? Which is delicious, which is just love my McGiddies, you know, but <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Buddha, Buddha said it's going to be really tough to hit enlightenment if you're experiencing toxicity. Yeah. So, you know, and that's not just cigarettes and alcohol. Yeah. Um, so, and then it, it's the opposite. There are people who eat only organic and eat really right, but then they don't meditate or work on, you know, mm. resolving trauma or, um, you know, or they won't learn to forgive. And so they struggle too. Mm. So it's important to incorporate all these things. Now, where this is relevant with essential oils um, is we have 10 oils specifically for mood uh uh, and emotions. Mm. Okay. So what's really amazing about these oils is that psychiatrists and mental health therapists that are holistic, um, they will use this, um, along with detox and nutrition, um, to help people who are experiencing, um, certain neurological disorders. Um, so, you know, there's nothing wrong with feeling sad. Um, and there's nothing wrong with feeling anxious, but when you have severe anxiety and depression, that's a constant state of fear. Yeah. Um, so that's quite different, right? So the oils, do, I'm not, I would never say that the oils reverse that. Um, you want to make sure that you incorporate, like I mentioned before, proper meditation, detox and nutrition. The oils will help alleviate symptoms. And how they do that is that when you take the oils into the body, um, and a lot of times you can use them sublingual, which is under the tongue. Mm put them there for 60 seconds, or you can breathe them into the respiratory system. And within 22 seconds, they pass the blood brain barrier, which is not easy to do. It, it says something right mm -hmm. when the, when the brain, kinda, apparently the brain wants it. Um, so within 22 seconds, they, they pass the blood brain barrier and the limbic system of the brain, which regulates emotions. So it's not just psychosomatic or placebo effect happening, although placebo is very much a part of anything that we consume, right? Mm. So if you smell coffee and it reminds you of, you know, having conversations with your mother as a kid, that's going to give you a euphoric uh, sort of, or, you know, nostalgic feeling. So placebo is definitely a play here, but they've also proven that it's very biological as well. So there are two different things happening here. Um, and then also what's really beautiful about the oils, like I mentioned before, they are chemicals, but they're natural occurring chemicals. Mm. Um, the chemical compounds in the oils bind perfectly to the receptor sites and neurotransmitters of your brain. Now, even psychotropic drugs can't do that, although I'm sure the pharmaceutical industry would love that. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, that says something as well. What does mm. that say? That says our bodies want these beautiful oils in the body. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty intense what they can do on an emotional and, um, and a spiritual uh, level when you're using them for meditation uh, or you're using them just for regular 
uh, mood management on a daily basis. And does, you can use them as a diffuser or on your skin. Does doTERRA um, make um, CBD oils? They don't use, they don't make hemp. They make something called Kabiba. Okay. And they have a specific species um, that they use that makes it the, the most potent Kabiba on the market. Kabiba is a, um, when they launched it, I did not know how to pronounce it. I called it Kapupu probably. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but when I finally learned, thank God. Um, Kabiba is a CBD receptor stimulator. It's actually BCD. Um, and <clears throat> look up the information about Kabiba. It's actually 60% stronger. Um, it's got a 60% uh, 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 CBD receptor stimulator uh, potency. So um, it's going to work um, in all the ways the CBD oil works, uh, but better in many ways as mm. well. And you can take that one internally too. I like to put it under my tongue if I'm feeling really, really anxious and stressed. Yeah. Or if I can't go to sleep, I'll use frankincense, which lowers the, um, the heart rate. Um, and helps get rid of those anxious feelings. And I'll use Kabiba and I'll put them both under my tongue, about two to three drops. Um, and I also, again, I want to mention you guys, because sometimes people are like, oh, essential oils. They'll go buy some cheap oils at the market and they'll start eating them. And I'm like, don't do that because you're going to hurt yourself. You want to use these oils because they are FDA approved for internal usage. And so for people who are looking for someone to just guide them um, out of the darkness into a more holistic and overall general wellness approach to their lives, um, you offer a service and you offer an, an opportunity to connect with you directly so that, that they can get that guidance from you as well. And if they go that route, they actually get a discount with some of the deterra or with the deterra products as well. So they can just go directly to deterra and get that, or they can go through you, get that guidance and support, and then they're going to get a discount anyway. So it's kind of like a win-win situation. Right. So um, for the people out there, and I know that there's many people who are really interested in being healthy, but they don't have the proper guidance. Um, like some people do need some handholding and other people just need a little extra um, guidance on their, their healing journey. Um, you know, what I provide is um, holistic health consults uh, that they can purchase through me and my website. Uh, and if they happen to have a doTERRA essential oil account through me, which you need essential oils anyway, I'm, yeah. if I'm going to do a consult with you, I'm going to tell you, you're going to need oils. You do need oils. Yeah. You need that medicine, detox, and nutrition and mood management, right? Like I mentioned before, if you have, if you happen to have an essential oil account through me, which we can set up, uh, you get consults for me significantly less. Um, it's going to be discounted. So, but I'm happy to op offer my services to people, even if they don't have an account directly through me. Um, you can go to my website, Rodney Dotson, holistichealing.com, and you can book that with me. And I'm happy to, you know, to help anyone who is searching for more answers and maybe just needs a guiding hand. Yeah. Your, your family must be like, just be so annoyed with you some days because I'm sure you're like all over it, especially with like your parents. Like, like I saw your social media post and you were making like, like chocolate that was like organic and homemade and you were doing all these different things. Like <laughs> what's that been yeah. like just trying to help your family kind of get on that level? My father um, had ulcerative colitis since he was 27 years old, mm -hmm. and I never knew him without it. So when I started learning about all this stuff, and I became very obsessed with, with essential oils, among other things, um, just health in general, since I was 23 years old, mm -hmm. and I'm 38 years old now. Well, I'll be 38 this month. <laughs> um, but when I, when I became obsessed with all that, still, for some reason, I never thought to go to my father and say, oh, well, let's just heal you. You know what I mean? So because he'd always had it. So I was just used to it. But one day I did have that aha moment. I'm like, well, let's do something to help reverse this. 
my mom had atrial fibrillation. My father had, had ulcerative colitis. Within like, it took about three to five months for the both of them to completely reverse all of that. So, you know, and I did live with them for a good six months in order for that to happen because, um, and I can tell you as someone who works, like I mentioned before, uh, with a lot of different clients is that if I'm not there to mentor them, um, they will cheat <laughs> a yeah. lot of the time, and especially when you have a debilitating illness or something life-threatening, you really, you have to try to put it all your efforts in. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to do without someone to help you and to have a community to support you along the way, which is why we have these amazing social media um, forums that people can go to and which I add you to uh, once you have an essential oil account through me and then you get support and recipes and all those other things. But with my parents, yeah, lucky for me, my parents are, they do somewhat resonate with the message and they do listen to me because they do respect me. Um, but I know a lot of people out there who are, are like me, who are trying to help their family members who do not listen at all. And don't right. get me wrong. I have plenty of family members beyond my, you know, family unit, uh, like my aunts and stuff that, that are, that do not listen to me. Um, but yeah. you know, you can lead a horse to water, you know? Yeah. Well, a lot of people, I think they approach illness as if it's a norm, like, oh, it's normal for her to have diabetes. It's normal for her to have, you know, an addiction. It's normal for her to have this or for them to have that. Like people being sick and being in pain or suffering is become a, a societal and a cultural norm, especially in the United States. I mean, and some people actually use their illnesses, and I'm, I don't mean to bash people who are sick, but some people actually use their illnesses as a way to 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 connect with meaning and with a sense of self-worth because they're like, I'm suffering, I'm going through this, you know, look at me, focus on me, love me, and which I completely understand because I know plenty of people in my family who have done that. I know people are ill, and I know people are sick, and I know people are gonna say, Fernie, you don't, you know, who you to say that i'm like look i ain't trying to like you know sugarcoat that it's just the reality some people do use their conditions as the as the facilitator for that um, victim mindset and that victim um, perspective but majority of people don't want to be sick a majority of people don't want to feel like crap a majority of people want to feel better and when people feel bad they usually go to things that make them feel better but most of the things that people go to to make them feel better are usually toxic um like alcohol or like drugs or like food or comfort food you know if i feel bad i want some fried chicken with mashed potatoes and gravy and gra like i want all of that uh, i will never give up completely those foods but to limit it and to bring it down i mean just since last year i mean just and i know the, the 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 significance of making that switch because i like in the last year i lost 55 pounds and this is like i haven't been this slim since like 12 years ago so it's been a while but in my family blood pressure issues are the norm it's a genetic issue that we all have even my sister who participates in triathlons has blood pressure issues and she's super healthy. And so there's a lot of things there that I think are, are play a, a role in that. But I remember last year when I went to the dentist, because they wanted me to do like a sleep apnea test. So I was like, okay. So I, you know, rented the machine, cost a few hundred dollars to rent the machine to take this damn test because I didn't have the insurance set up properly to get it covered through the insurance. Lucky for me, I was able to do that, but most people can't do that. They can't afford a hundred dollar test. So for me, I took the test and it showed all of these inconsistencies with my breathing patterns at night. And on top of that, it did indicate that I had severe sleep apnea. And it happened right around the time where I was switching to a predominantly vegan lifestyle. So I was cutting out a lot of the excess crap that I had been eating and consuming over the last 10 or 15 
10 to 12 years. And what I noticed over several months is that I started to feel better. I started to have more energy again. I wasn't needing to fall asleep at like at eight o'clock, you know, when we were trying to watch a show, I wasn't falling asleep in the middle of all that. Now when I fall asleep in the middle of a show, it's because I'm just tired and I work too much. That's all. It ain't because I'm like, you know, loaded on crap and toxins, toxins in my blood. But there was a lot of things that changed. And because I was going to the dentist, I had like four things I had to get done and I had to go once a week, every week for four weeks. They were checking my vitals and checking my blood pressure. And just by doing that simple change of going on a vegan diet and, yeah. and not just vegan, like, like, you know, um, not just vegan, like pasta or something like that, actually vegan, like fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, more, more fresh foods in my diet. Just by doing that over four weeks, there was a, there was a statistical change in my blood pressure readings over the four week period. And we were able to see those numbers come down from the first week where it was, she, the doctor was, the dentist was like, you might want to consider going to the hospital because this is really bad to the last week. Your vitals are perfect. Your blood pressure is perfect. All going from that in just four weeks, just four weeks. So I totally understand the power of changing your lifestyle and, and your, and the eating habits and just kind of getting to a more holistic, um, uh, mindset. Not only that, but I've also noticed changes in my body as well. Issues in my skin have started to clear up and there were other things that started to change and, um, be easier. Now it doesn't mean that your body's going to perfect itself because people think that have, they have this, uh, the uh, idea that, Oh, if I eat holistically and if I do this and if I do that, I'm going to be a perfect body machine and I will have no issues and there will be no problems. But that's not always the case. And I, my, my sister, her fiance, um, his mother passed away from cancer and apparently she was super healthy, like vegan, organic, everything, but she still used cleaning products. She still used those things. And they were like, how, you know, why she was so healthy? Why did she get sick? Why did she get cancer? And so you have to think there's a lot more at play than we just realized that we, we think we have control over, but there's a lot more things that we might need to take into consideration when it comes to those kinds of conditions and situations. Yeah. You know, that also brings me back and I mentioned it before, but you know, uh, there are people who uh, are seemingly healthy, like oh, they're weightlifters. When I go to the gym, they're super big. They look healthy and then they die of a heart attack or something. Mm-hmm. Um, like that guy from Biggest some- Loser, like that guy from Biggest Loser. Yeah, he had right. a heart attack. Yeah. So car- cardio and, and weightlifting and exercise is only one component to health. If you're experiencing severe inflammation, your arteries are going to um, start laying down those those cholesterol plaques regardless. So, mm-hmm. um, which cholesterol is a cofactor to heart disease and it didn't actually cause it. That's just to sell statin drugs. That's a whole marketing campaign. And mm-hmm. that's, watch Statin Nation. It's a really great documentary. It yeah. talks about that. Inflammation is a major, and oxidative stress are major contributors uh, to illness. But um, no, absolutely. Like you, you know, you have people who, um, you know, who try to lead um, a healthy lifestyle and then maybe they feel as though, uh, their their heritage or it runs in the family. It's part of it's a hereditary situation. For in, in your case, mm. high blood pressure. But what is also hereditary is the eating habits and lifestyle that you mm. uh, learn from your family. Right. And are you willing to break the pattern? Because um, you know it, it is it like my my grandmother. She had diabetes. It's not what killed her. She did die of cancer. Uh, but she did have diabetes type two. Now though cancer and diabetes and my grandfather had heart disease. That may mean that I'm susceptible by genetic birthright to have these things, but the, the genetics don't trigger the illness, the diet and lifestyle, toxicity, exposure, stress levels. Those are what trigger your genetics, make you more 
susceptible, but it's not what causes the illness. Mm. Uh, we have more uh, choice in the matter. We are far more powerful than what they've led us to believe. So don't over, don't ever feel like you're being sabotaged by your own body. Your body wouldn't, it, it doesn't fight against itself. It really is the underlying, it's the decisions that we make for ourselves on a daily basis, which usually leads to, um, you know, whether a positive or a negative experience. And that's not just physical, that's also spiritual. Yeah. So you're also, I know you're wanting to get into working more one-on-one -on -one with like the HIV community and the AIDS community and trying to approach healing and sustainability through a natural integrative process as well, you know, aside from what they, what people have to do to stay healthy when you contract HIV or when you start to suffer from that condition. So what, um, for people who may know someone who have HIV or who are going through issues with STDs and so forth, how can something like this be beneficial for them? Um, well, I will first say that, I mean, my, my views about many different illnesses, including AIDS, um, is probably different than the, the majority. I do tend to question the status quo quite often. Mm. Um, I would first say that I invite you, if you are experiencing this or you know someone who's experiencing this, I would invite you to dig a little deeper than what the CDC, Center of Disease Control, which is a government agency, further beyond their own their research, go into independent double-blind placebo studies, you know, um, studies that are not funded by corporations, okay? I'm just gonna mention that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's really great international award-winning documentaries out there, Positively False, um, House of Numbers, uh, Emperor's New Virus, uh, Positive Hell that talk about these things. Um, and, and we were talking earlier about diabetes. Um, uh, it's Simply Raw, Reversing Diabetes in 30 Days, that's free on YouTube. So these are really great documentaries to talk about these things. So for someone who's experiencing, we'll say, uh, AIDS, for instance, because that's different than someone who has a, a positive result for HIV. Um, I never had an STI, which they changed the acronym. It used to be STD, but then they recognized that there's no such thing as a sexually transmitted disease. And they changed the acronym to STI, which is sexually transmitted infection. Um, but, you know, I, I personally believe, and this isn't just me, this is actually um, the, the man who discovered HIV, which is Dr. Luc Montagnier, he lives in France, and he was the first inventor of the, of the first HIV test. <clears throat> he has mentioned that we could be exposed to literally thousands of pathogens within our lifetime and never actually become infected with anything unless we already first had a compromised immune system. Mm. So again, I would encourage people to research that a bit as well. Um, but with me, I've always, I, I don't drink alcohol. I don't do narcotics. I don't even take synthetic drugs. Um, you know, I've been living a holistic lifestyle for the most part since I was 23 years old. So, you know, did I, am I bulletproof Superman or maybe it has something to do with my lifestyle and my diet and, you know, my immune system. Um, I, I would, you know, like I said, I would just, uh, I would dig a little deeper in regard to all that. But for someone who actually is concerned about pathogens and, um, Again, I want to be FDA compliant that I don't use specific disease words and stuff. Um, but if you're really concerned about your immune system and, and keeping it optimal in a natural way, um, make sure, of course, that you consider <clears throat> what you're eating, what you're exposed to with toxicity, like we said earlier. And then, of course, there are natural essential oils that you can use to optimize your immune system. Not only that, to help detoxify your body, because like I said earlier, 10% usually 
uh, of what we're exposed to in terms of toxicity, which causes oxidative stress, which is linked to all kinds of illnesses, um, is pollutants, even in our own homes. Mm. So get an air purifier, get a water purifier if you can afford it. I mean, there are inexpensive, op inexpensive options. And when we are exposed to these toxicities, because we can't live in a bubble for the rest of our lives, we have, um, you know, uh, natural means, and one of them would be essential oils. So lemon, which is also found inside that um, uh, healthy essentials kit, lemon oil um, is 50 to 70 times stronger than the lemon juice. Um, if you went to Hippocrates Health Institute, for instance, or Gerson Therapy, um, and with stage four cancer, they have a really great success rate in healing people. Um, and they will use um, like lemon juice, for instance, but the lemon oil, like I mentioned, is much stronger. And that would be its anti-cancer properties, its immune system boosting properties, its cleansing of the body and organs properties. Um, and what a lot of people don't realize is that the juice doesn't really have the medicines. The medicine is in the peel. Mm. And that's where the oil comes from. And there's a lot of essential oil companies that will use the juice to make their oils because it's cheaper. Pure will only use the skin. So the peel. So the lemon oil um, you would use, and then we have other detoxifying essential oils that are extremely potent so that when you eat them, not only do they help detoxify the body, but they're extremely potent when it comes to their antioxidant auric value properties. Um, auric value is how uh, scientists measure for antioxidants. I'll use one example. On the auric value for green tea, it's only 9,500. The auric value for clove oil is over a million. Wow. So you do the math, but it's exponentially uh, stronger um, uh, than, uh, than like superfoods that we know of, like raw cacao, red wine, uh, green tea. Those kinds of things are great, but the essential oils are even stronger, like Melissa, clove oil, frankincense. Uh, when you consume them, they help to neutralize the free radicals in your body, which is going to help um, stop and reverse a lot of degenerative illnesses and prevent them. Um, so I want to mention all of that because that's usually what leads people to getting ill. It doesn't matter if it's neurological, pathogenic, or infectious, and even cancerous. Um, and when it comes to something like what you mentioned with, you know, AIDS, which again, AIDS and a HIV are two totally different things. Right. Well, not people usually totally lump them together. So I had to lump it together for the conversation. But yeah, they are yeah. two very different things. So H someone who has like AIDS, for instance, that means that they have, you know, a compromised immune system, they may be experiencing an illness. And there are 12 definitions of AIDS. So it depends on what country you live in as mm -hmm. to whether you have AIDS or not, you have AIDS in, you know, I don't want to in Africa, you don't have well, I'll use Canada as an example, because I know this one is is definite, you have AIDS in the United States, and then you cross the border to Canada, you don't have AIDS anymore. Hmm. So it depends on the definite. I know it's insane. It's such a convoluted disease. Yeah. Um, and it, it does. It, I, again, Dig deeper. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, let's say you do have a compromised immune system and now you're experiencing an infection. You can use uh, immune boosting essential oils like On Guard. Oregano is a natural antibiotic. Um, and uh, most of these oils are inside the enrollment kits. So you can detoxify the body, neutralize free radicals in the body, um, help to boost the immune system. And, and just uh, a long, I could talk for pages about that, but they would all be relevant somewhat. Um, to even that specific um, illness that you're, you're mentioning. Yeah. 
So what do you think is right now people are scared. They're freaking out over the coronavirus. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure you coughed a couple of times and people were like, oh, he's probably sick. He's got the coronavirus. He's supposed to be perfectly well. He's supposed to be completely 100% healed, <laughs> right? So you've got people who are going to think that way or and you've got people who are freaking out because of the virus that's going around and people who are actually getting sick and becoming very ill. So this essential oils kit can really help with the process of trying to boost that, that immune system. But you are just across the board saying boost your immunity boost your immunity boost your immunity boost your body's ability to fight off whatever may come at it even if it's this or that if it takes you being scared of getting the coronavirus to force you into a place of trying to be preventative by going this route in an extreme form you're like all for it because the more the more effective and the more uh, useful your immune system is, the less likely you're going to get other kinds of issues, period, not just this virus. Right. And I will mention that I coughed a couple times yeah. because it's funny because I, I have allergies in the morning. Mm. And when I went to the post office and people were wearing surgical masks and everything, I sneezed twice because it was morning time. Yeah. And I always sneeze. Yeah. This is nothing new. Yeah. And um. I went to the post office and I told this, the woman who they have these now, I and mean, this is totally new. They have these like glass things to block you yeah. from having exposure to the, the representatives there. Um, and I, I told them just so you know, I sneeze not because I have Corona. I have allergies in the morning. Yeah. So just to give them yeah. peace of mind. But I've, I've been talking on, on video, um, for the last five days. So now my, you know, I'm getting kind of scratchy there, but mm -hmm. that's, you know, it's normal. Yeah, no, anyway, that's, yeah, that's my, 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 like, I, I have a, a woman's group here in, in uh, Santa Fe and we get together like once every few months to come together and talk about whatever the hell we want to talk about. We talk about, you know, essential oils, well, we're probably talk about essential oils on our next uh, conversation, but we talk about like, you know, aliens, we talk about spirits, we talk about mediumship, we talk about all kinds of stuff, but we can't be around each other right now because we, you know, are self-isolating. But one of my neighbors, she was like, she's got some severe allergies going on right now and she's been having and you know with this going on at the same time as what the virus is supposed to be you know people are freaking out because this is like a weird clusterfuck time frame for people having illnesses and for people just reacting to environmental factors like pollen and like the allergies so it's like every little thing that that's coming up you know she was coughing and she was saying i'm having a lot of trouble in the morning i feel tired and we're like call the hotline you know you need to get tested or whatever but it might just be her allergies because that's the same way he wakes up in the morning and it takes a while for him to get used to to, you know, respiratory and the allergies. And it happens everyone. It's happened for years. Yeah, I, I you know, th that's another thing that makes this whole situation. And, and I don't know how open-minded your viewers are regarding all of this, but I will say that the tests are not confirmatory. Mm -hmm. They're not uh, gold standard and they're not standardized. So you could test positive in, yeah. in the United States and test negative in like several different countries for Corona. Yeah. Why <laughs> is that? Why, so why is that that you can, that you, there's so many different testing factors or what's going on there? Uh, well, I'll, I'll use the HIV tests, for example. There's the rapid test, the ELISA test, the Western blot, the PCR polymerase chain reaction viral load test. And um, the rapid test, you could test positive if you drink a glass of wine. It's like, it's so non-sensitive mm. that, and unfortunately in Africa, uh, they use rapid tests as a confirmatory. So, but I will mention that with uh, the, the tests, uh, what it means when that you could test positive in one country and negative in another, and so that's why the, the numbers are very skewed, is that it depends on the manufacturer of the test as to whether you even test positive or not. Um, the, the tests, if they're not standardized, that does mean that 
you know, you have a different manufacturer of the test in the United States or in different states throughout the United States. Mm -hmm. And then you, you may test positive and then the sensors are totally different manufacturer, which means the test might just be a little different in another country then you'll test negative. And, mm. um, to me, that's not science. That's insanity. Yeah. But well, uh, what would be the, what would be the, what would be the, the, like the way to test for it that validates that someone has it. Right. So there's something called an electron microscopy gradient centrifuge. And that's how you actually indicate that a person, in fact, has a pathogen inside of the body. Mm. Um, none of the tests uh, are testing for a specific virus enzyme. They're testing actually, in fact, for protein antibodies that the body creates for over 100 reasons having nothing to do with a specific pathogen. Mm. So none of them are confirmatory. And it says right on, on the box inserts, next time anyone gets tested, which if you do test um, positive uh, for um, a specific uh, pathogen, um, it's not actually indicating that you have that pathogen. It just indicates that you have a protein antibody. I'll use one example. Women who are pregnant have a ten, are 10 times more likely to test positive for HIV um, because their bodies produce protein antibodies that trigger the test because um, the, 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 in the womb, the baby has half the genes of the male. Um, and then the body creates the protein antibodies to combat the, the, the womb or the, uh, the, the, the genes are now, that are now being found in mm. the bloodstream. So um, they, she will trip the the pregnant woman will likely trigger uh, the test. Um, One thing that's because I was thinking about this because when you mentioned that to me, I was like, "What?" And then I had to kind of look into it a little bit. But if you have so many people getting sick and so many, it's almost a bit of an overload to the system. Period. Are there enough of those? Spectrometers or machines, or are there enough of those types of testing um, things, products to actually test in mass the need of the moment? Well, they're not using an electron microscopy gradient centrifuge yeah. to test anyone, so there is no valid confirmatory mm. test that they're using. Yeah. They're using the the tests which are only testing for protein antibodies because yeah. they're cheaper. Yeah. And we all know that that is better for the industry. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, so but I mean, like from a, from a logistic standpoint, because I, I don't discount what you're saying. I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. But like if I'm in charge of a large population and I'm like, oh, shit, we have something going on. People need to be tested for something. We can't really test in an ideal way because the testing procedure is going to be so time consuming and there may not be enough of those there may not be enough capacity to keep up with the demand of the moment, which is you have all these people getting sick. So wouldn't it be like necessary to produce something just to give an indicator if we can't have a perfect test and have some sort of test? Well, not if uh, you're not, not when the consequence um, has social and political ramifications. Um, you know, an HIV test, uh, it's not as bad as it used to be right. if you tested positive or you could lose your job. And they wouldn't even like um, allow you to rent a room in an apartment complex, um, you know. So that being said, um, as far as the Corona situation, they will quarantine you. And there's and there's different like uh, like when you know that the tests are not confirmatory. What happens next if you do test positive? Um, that's between you and the uh, the medical industry. The, the, the question, what I was asking was, because, I mean, if you, you said it's not worth the risk, but if you have people literally within a day getting so sick that they're dying and they are dying, how do you keep up with the demand of that if there aren't enough 
machines or devices to test the appropriate way to confirm, to actually confirm that this is what they have. Like, would that be logistically sound or is it, you know, at this moment, they're just kind of trying to catch up because yeah, there are going to be people in the industry who are making money off of this. No, no, you know, there's companies who are going to be banking off of this because they are in a position where they can produce something that the country needs in high demand. So they're going to be pumping those things out. And so, yeah, they're going to make money off of that. But at the same time, we, we also have people who are just trying to help and they're trying to do something within their own, you know, bubble or, or life circumstance and, and experience. And so they are still going to see the value validness of the test because that test is going to be something that can be helpful in trying to assess what they need to do right now when they've got an influx of people coming in who are supposedly sick with this virus. Well, I will mention this and it's kind of off topic, yeah. but it's the same situation the Corona is that, you know, you know, critically thinking about numbers and what I always tell people is I'm like, listen, if you're trying to figure out how to prevent and heal illness properly, look at geographics. Why is this uh, society over here getting all this cancer, like like a huge chunk of their entire uh, uh, populace is getting like severe, like life-threatening cancers, whereas this society over here gets virtually none. Right. And there are plenty yeah. that don't get specific yeah. illnesses. Because they're communists, uh, right? That's the answer to that's the answer everybody has. Because they're a communist country, they don't get sick, you know, or they're they're making it up. They're not sick people. They are sick, but they're just lying. Like aside from that, like why is it that there are such huge differences in some countries with people who are they, they have such a high population of, of, of I mean, they have higher healthy population yeah. statistics. Well, um Dr. Weston Price, he ran a sixty year study. And he found that the healthiest people on planet Earth were indigenous people that were completely isolated from the modern world. These people have no access to medical supplies. Um, they have no access to vaccines or flu shots, synthetic drugs. Meanwhile, their their health uh, is way at a higher caliber than ours. And um, there's a there's a few reasons for that is that, you know, one, of course, they're not exposed to the toxins that we're exposed to. Mm -hmm. And then also, they're li if you look at their diet, they're eating primarily, they do eat some cooked, but everything is organic. They don't have a choice. Right. Um, clean, purified water that's not polluted. Um, and they uh, their their diet is rich in nutrients that comes from the earth. Uh, so that being these people don't even lose their teeth and they don't have an orthodontist. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> There's like they live their whole lives without losing a tooth. And I feel like in our society, losing our teeth is kind of part of the game. Yeah. Like we think that that's normal for the human body, but we don't look to the wild animals. Like why doesn't lion, why don't lions in the wild right. lose their teeth at the, at the old age, they got all their teeth and stuff. Right. Well, humans aren't supposed to lose theirs right. either. Uh, uh, and you're talking, and you're talking about like the second, the second, the second set of teeth, not the, the childhood teeth, right? You're talking about the second set, right. the adult teeth is what you're talking about. Okay supposed to lose your baby teeth you're not supposed to lose the other ones unless you know it, it you know something small <laughs> or something yeah yeah so losing your teeth uh or losing your vision and stuff it's a sign of degeneration mm. it means that you're malnourished experiencing toxicity and like i mentioned before because people are like well it runs in my family like i said before like um the genetics don't cause that even though you may be more susceptible to have a specific organ in your body um, that is more likely to illness and what really triggers that is the malnutrition toxicity and stress um but yeah, so that's a good indicator of, um, of how to prevent and heal illness is to just simply look at geographics and why are these people over here getting this mass illness while these people are over here are not. Um, that being said, the corona situation, um, you know, it's, it's something you may want to look into is that uh, there are all these countries throughout the world that have a high mortality rate and which is increasing exponentially, right? And I'm not saying that people aren't legitimately ill. I do think that there is something happening. 
Um, and that's why it's important that we make sure that we optimize our immune system, because even the medical facility and the CDC will agree, um, along with us, uh, people in the holistic arena, that, you know, a person with a heightened immune system that's not compromised is going to have a, a less of a risk, whatever this is. So what, we can all agree about that across the board. That's If you enjoyed this episode and want more, then like, share, and review my show on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and check out my website at www.fernandomarone.com for additional content, updates, articles, and more. Till next time, kiddos, and I hope you have yourselves a namaste.